0: Shalom Aleichem to everybody, today is Monday and it's really hard to believe that uh, we all have heard and we've experienced such a tremendous calamity for Achenu Kolbeis Yisrael. Every single one of us is affected The ones that live here, the ones that live in Chutzlar, we're all one. We're all one people. There's no question about it. We see very clearly. And, um, you know, just to give a little time frame, you know, I know that you in America might have heard it earlier than we heard it because by us, you know, we was in the middle of the night. But, um, you know, it's really been hard to imagine since, you know, it happened. I'll you know, just give you a, a shocking detail, shocking detail, you know. Forty-five neshamahs, tzaddikim, were taken away on the holiest, happiest day, lagba that you could have possibly imagined that people would gather together. And I'm not going to say any big chadushim over here, but I saw this statistic today in the, the Yated Ne'man that 750 family members are now sitting shiva 750 just family members are sitting shiva and uh, that doesn't count everybody else that's like spread out you know all of us all of us that know and i know you know last night i i i was i I was also looking at the the morris Levi and Shalavim, and they said there was 34,000 people online watching it, didn't watch the whole thing, but I heard the father's eulogy, which was very, very, the Hesped, which was so powerful, his connection with his son, you know, wonderful, wonderful tzaddik. And I've been davening uh, with the Oval in our neighborhood, the parents, the father, Ruven, and Shoshana Koltai, parents of a... Uh, uh, just a delicious, delicious neshama. Elazar, Yitzchok, and Koltai, 13 and a half-year-old boy. And you know, you, you can't, you know, you really he really can't hold back the tears when you just say those words. 13 and a half-year-old boy, tzaddik, You really can't and you shouldn't hold back the tears. The truth is, is that we should be crying. We should be crying. We have to cry and we have to feel the pain. And if you don't feel the pain, that means you're not really connected. If you feel the pain, then you're connected. And I think that that is, that's a positive thing. It's not a negative thing. And I, I, I was sent a, a little link to um, to High Lifelines uh, uh, psych, ps- psychiatrist's um, handbook written by my very close personal friend, Doctor Rabbi Dr. David Fox from Los Angeles. And, you know, you can look it up on, on your own, what he writes there, but there's no question that the feelings that are going through everyone's minds and everyone's hearts, a lot of people, a lot of people, even if they're not relatives, but everyone is just feeling like, like, what happened? What happened? That's trauma. That's, that is That is what a traumatic event is. And every every single every single feeling person, a Yiddish person is feeling like our brothers, our brothers, our, our sisters, our fathers, our mothers, our, mothers, our grandparents. You know, we're just we're just all together in this, and I have to tell you, my person, just in my own little orbit. I, I I I I've I've had to to deal with um, not only yeshiva bachur but uh, married people, on the have called me, and have waited for me after shul to to speak with me, who are not family members, but everyone is just in shock. Everyone's just in shock. My downstairs neighbor. You know, Matzah he told me that his son was uh, right there and he was not trampled upon, but he saw everything. And the only thing he could do was turn his head away because, you know, the, the trauma of seeing such a such a, a horrific event is something which is beyond the human capacity. And it's not only for young children, it's even for seasoned veteran doctors and medical people and first aid people. Every single one of them went through a traumatic, traumatic event. And we're still going through it. We're still feeling it. And we have to recognize how Hakadosh is the one that that is in charge, and people—a lot of people—you know—the pointing fingers kind of people, which is um, dangerous. It was dangerous. The police—they didn't have the thing; they didn't have it set up, and then and then and, and, and but looking for inquiries and inquiries. And I'm not telling you that we shouldn't try to pick up, fix up things and make them more safe. For sure, we should. For sure, we should. But I have to tell you, every single one of you that went to Neri or you didn't go to Neri and you went up to Maron, right? In your year, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, everyone came back. Was this the safest place and the safest way to have so many people? So many people? No, it wasn't. I mean, if, you, if you go up to Derecha you would have said for the last 50 years, it wasn't safe to go there. But what happened? HaKadosh Baruch Hu was watching over. HaKadosh Baruch Hu watched over, and, and, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, people are going for mitzvahs, they're going for Maizim Tevim. Safe, not safe. That's the way it's gonna be. But this year, the Rabadu Shalom, the Rabadu is the one that allowed this to happen. No one did this on purpose. And anyone that's going to point fingers now, Monday morning quarterback, it's very, very easy. And it's very, very like it's so it's superficial. And it's really, really anti, anti the hashkaf of the Torah, Because the Rambam says clearly, when something happens, a person should not say mikrihi. It just happened and, 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 and there's a cause and effect. For sure, we have to try to be safe. I'm not telling they should try to make safety features. And and then and I'm sure they're going to do that. I'm sure they're going to do that. But if the buttershim doesn't match if Akharizbahla Yushma, if not watch over, all match is over. And this is a clap. And Hu gave us a big clap. And who did he take? He took Yiddin Hur Sadikim, every single one of them. Tsadik, Shimit, shim And I could tell you just personal viewpoint on the family that we're close with. The cult Tais. Wonderful, wonderful people. Successful, successful. The father Ruven is successful, successful. You know, old-time Belchuva learned himself Machon Shlomo. We were supposed to go over his house on Thursday night in Lach Beimer because he was supposed to host all the Machon Shlomo boys that the Rebison cooks for. And the last minute, it was decided they're not going to go to the house. Way before anything had happened. They were going to have a big barbecue and there's going to be a bonfire and everything was going to be nice. And then the last second, it didn't happen. But they they invited a lot of people over. And uh, as I think I sent out that, you know, Friday when everything was going on and f- we were getting messages from Shoshana saying that please daven for our Elozer Yitzchok. He's Nedar, he's missing. We were davening and davening and davening. And only an hour before Shabbos did we hear the horrible news that he was found and he was in serious condition. And we tried to say till him. And then before you know it, he passed away right before Shabbos. He went into Shabbos already as Neshama was was he was nifter and air of shabbos like a tzaddik and i got to tell you what the father said to me i went over right after shabbos morning right after david i went over to the house just to give a hug just to show that i'm i'm, I'm with you and i have to tell you something which i said over and it's really i'm going to tell you something which i said over uh but before i say before i say, tell you what i said over to try to give a little bit of nachama um I, um, I heard that, that Allah's father said that, um, and his mother said he really was a real tzaddik. I mean, he, he was a skinny, beautiful neshama. Do you see the picture I might've sent out? Did you see the picture I sent out? You know, beautiful. He still had his braces on and the year before his bar mitzvah, he's only 30, his bar mitzvah was a couple, was a couple months ago during Corona, but they had a bar mitzvah and, and he, um, he learned. His mother said he learned all of the Mishnah Brura to understand better all of Hilchus Tefillin before put Tfilin, he put on Tefillin. He's a very, very thinking person. He was a very, very thinking person, and he was a bright boy. And he was an excellent student, an excellent Talmud. And he was a. His father said he was like he. He didn't like to eat. It, it wasn't like he like. It wasn't like a picky eater. He Just didn't like to eat. He was very skinny. And that could be the reason why he was, unfortunately, that he died because, he, you know, everything was taken away from him. It was crushed underneath that, that that pile of people, not on purpose. People tripped, people fell. I don't know exactly what happened. I'm not here to, to, to even analyze it. I'm here just to be able to try to, to to stand together with the pain and to see what we can do to make ourselves a little bit better. So anyway, the main thing is the father said that he. this year his father wasn't, didn't fly because of Corona. He used to fly like every, every two weeks, every three weeks he was on the plane. He was one of these commuters because he had a big business and he was flying back and forth. But this year he was home the whole time. In fact, we, for Tkufu, we were diving outside together. We were diving at the same minion together. And I said to Ruven, we know, when are you flying? He said, I don't know. I, you know, I can't go, I can't fly. And, and, and uh, he said his son who went to the Cheder here in, in, in Harnof, so he, Usually he wouldn't come home during recess but because his father was in Israel, so he would come home every day for 15 minutes during a lunch break, instead of staying at the cheder, because he knew that his father would have Hanau that he came home. And his father said, he, when he came, he didn't even eat with me. He just sat with me when I was eating lunch because he knew I was home. He just wanted to give me some pleasure. He wanted to give me dad, you know, Abba, I'm home. That's what kind of kid he was. What a, what a great, great boy. And I'm just talking about one boy. I heard yesterday about the Morris Boy. I heard about look, what kind of tzaddik he was, what kind of masman he was, what kind of machayev he was. And the truth is, Rabbi, said, it's every single one of the people that were there. Rabbi, we were ended up being, you can't, you can't imagine the amount of levayas that we have had to hear about and participate. On Matzay Shabbos, the Rebidson and I had to make a decision. Just stop Stop for a second. I was there in the morning after Shacharaz. I'll tell you exactly, I'll tell you what I told the parents. The Rebidson went at five o'clock in the afternoon Stayed, sat for an hour, with the mother of the boy, just to give her chizik. She said, she came back to she said, you can't imagine the amuna that this woman has. She realizes that her son was part of a bigger picture that HaKadosh has for Klai Yisrael. And he took, he picked out, he chose these 45 tzaddikim to be karbanus kapara, for the tzibor. We don't understand the chizikim, why we needed it, but that's what they are. And there's no question they went straight up to the Kisi HaKovit. So Matzi Shabbos, we had to flip a coin, so to speak. We didn't flip a coin, we had to make a decision. Because there were four Levias on Matzi Shabbos. Three of them were Harnof Levias. Two of them were Harnof, Harnof Niftarim. And the... Uh, and one of them was not a nifter it wasn't a person that was in 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 the in, uh, in the Marun. It was Rebbitzin Judith Rosenberg, The wife of Rabbi Rosenberg, who helped build Mechon Shlomo. She was the daughter of Reb Shimon Schwab. She was close to ninety years old. She passed away on Shabbos also, and her Levi was on Matzi Shabas in the levaya place. Where all the other levi's were going on. The Koltai Levi was here in Harnof at 12 o'clock. Her Levi was at 12 o'clock. There was the Gefner Levi from another tzaddik, Rebbe Gefner, who taught in the Talmud, Torah, was a big tzaddik. Thousands of Hasidim were there. It was just, it was beyond description. And we had to make a decision you know what? We're not going to go to the Koltai Levi, even though we had a close, um, I would say, emotional attachment. But we had to make a t- we had to make a decision what's really the right thing to do. We knew Miss Rebitson Rosenberg for so many years. We had the boys over at the Rebuttson, we were the, the Robbie Rosenberg, over some, was it was a Talmud of my father. We had a car to Anyway, we ended up going to that Levine. And then we came back at two o'clock in the morning. Two o'clock in the morning. And then we had to start our day again. And then we had to, I had to go to to Daven by the Oval. You can imagine all these different things that are going on. Going to the yeshiva, we're in the middle of a campaign for for, for trying to raise some funds for the yeshiva, and like your head is like, oh, what are you supposed to do? I say, you know what, you got to go on with you got to go on with life. You have to do what you have to do. So I want to I want to tell you what I told what I told the parents, and I think it's a message for all of us. It's an amazing thing that the, it's just an amazing that the Rebbeinu put into my head on erev Shabbos. I heard a shear, and in that shear, a gemara was mentioned. Connected to what I'm about to tell you, and I have a personal connection with this Gemara for a certain reason, and it 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 entered into my mind. And I this is what I asked the Koltei parents. I said, "Why did you name him Elazar, Elazar Yitzchak. So he said, "You know why I named him Elazar? Because he was born in the Parsha when Elazar, the son of Aaron Akain, was born. So we wanted to give him Elazar. It's a great name. A tzaddik, Elazar ben Aaron Akain. I said, "Wow, that's great. And why Yitzhak? Yitzchok, because his grandfather was, a grandfather, a great-grandfather was named Yitzchok, with the name after the grandfather. So it was named Elazar, Yitzchok, after Elazar HaKoyin, and after Yitzchok. So I said, I want to tell you what I feel. I yeah. feel that there was another connection in why he was named Elazar. I think it was named Elazar because it relates to Reb Shimon, and his son, Rebel Elazar, Rebbe Lazar. Rebbe Lazar they were both sitting in the cave in Maron. And I want to tell you a Gemara. The Gemara says an unbelievable thing. The Gemara says in after Belazar Ib Shimon died, Rabbi Yehuda Nasi went to the town of Ribalazar Shimon and he says, Haim ze ben did this tzadik leave over a son? So he said, Yes. I want to meet him. Rebbe, Rebbi. So I want to meet him. So he said, nah, you don't want to meet him. Rebbi. You don't want to him. I'm paraphrasing. He, this kid is off to Derek. When I tell you what kind of off to derich situation he was in, maybe near Yaakov guys will have an understanding of it. He was really so off to Derek. He didn't this is the call of Rebbe Shimon by your This the son of Lazar Rib Shimon. And he's off to Derek. So Rebhudan Nasi would imagine. But if oh okay, he said, I want to still want to see him. You know, if I was Rebut HaNasi, I might have said to him, hey, 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 how you doing? You know, you come from such a hush of a stock, you know, uh, you know <laughs> maybe you could do better. Or you could say to him, Shanda uh, and a you're acting like this, no, you would come from. You know what Rebut does? He is the consummate Kirif professional without going to Kirif professional school. He says to him, you know what I want to give you? I want to give you smicha. The first thing he says, I want to give you smicha. Smicha. You want to give me smicha? You know who I am? I know exactly who you are. I want to you are now called Reb Yaisi. His name was Yaisi Yasi. You're now Reb Yaisi. Wow, that's pretty good. You know, I got smicha from from, from Yudan Nasi. He says, listen, Ribudanasi says to him, you know, but now that you got smicha for me, you really should learn something in order to deserve it. I want to give you a good khavrusa. And he gave him a tap tana to learn with him. And the tana, the Gemara says who he was, Shmu ben Kavutal, I think he remember who it was. Went and he would try to learn with this guy. You imagine, remember, I remember the guys in there, Yaakov, sometimes trying to wake him up early in the morning, you know, like 10 o'clock in the morning. Hey, coming down, the rabbi wants to learn with you. Go to Yaakov's class, go to this one class, you know. the <laughs> guys were up to who knows what hours at night. Now you get them to come down. The same, similar, this was a little different. This guy said every day he wanted to go back to his old haunting grounds. So the rabbi, the Chavruza, said to listen, he gave him incentives. What were his incentives? money incentives. Money always talks. He says, no, don't go. You stay here. I'm gonna. You're going to get a lot of gold and silver. You're going to become a big rabbi. You're going to get a big golden parachute package. You're going to get a lot of gold and silver. And somehow this influenced him and he got him to sit and learn. He got him to sit and learn and he had a great head because he came from great stock and he ended up becoming a real Talmud Trachem. He ended up leaving all the places where he was before. Eventually, Rabbi Yud nasi was saying, Shir, and he was in this year, there were fa- hundreds of t- Tanoim. And Rabbi Yaisi, who's now Rabbi Yaisi, Lezer, asked a Kasha, a bomb Kasha, and Rabbud Anas, he says, Who said that? So he raised his hand. He says, That sounds like Ribalazar of Shimon. That Kasha sounds like a Kasha Rabbi Lezer of Lezer He says, it's Not Ribalazar, it's his son. He says, He sounds just like him. That's what kind of Madrega he reached. He reached the Madrega of his father, Belezer. You have to remember, Ribalazar was the one that sat for 12 years in the in, in the cave. And then the Gemara says, he passed away, Rabbi Yaisi, and he wanted to be buried. They wanted to bury him in the Ma'ara, in the cave, the same gravesite where his grandfather and his father were buried. So they brought him there, there's a And at the lavaya, as they're about to enter, all of a sudden, a gigantic bow constrictor snake surrounds the caver and it doesn't let anybody in. And the Gemara says they said to the snake, "This was definitely a sign from heaven." Psach, picha, open up your mouth. Means say, open him up and let him come in. And the truth is, this is really connected to the Gemara in the previous daf that it said that when Rebblazer died, he also was brought to the grave, and there that same snake was there. Didn't want to let anybody in. And what he said, let in Rebblazer, the son of Reb Shimon. He opened himself up and he let him in. So they thought the same thing trick would work for the grandson. So, but it didn't work. And the Gemara says, Abbasco went out and said, you shouldn't think the reason why he wasn't allowed in is because he was any less in Torah. You shouldn't think he was less of a Talmud Chacham. He was the same Talmud Chacham as Rebbe Luzer. But you know what the Gemara says, there was one big difference. The big difference was that Rebbe Luzer he suffered in the cave for 12 years. He had Tsar of the Ma'ara. You know what the Tsar of the Ma'ara was? Twelve years they were in isolation. Twelve years the Gomorrah says they had to take off their clothes and they had to they had to cover themselves with the sand and they only put on their clothing for davening and for Shabbos. Gomorrah says the sand got into their into their bodies and it was boils and it was wounds. And they did that for 12 years, can you imagine? Not having any outside uh, uh, intervention. Being for 12 years in the same place, but you know what happened? They ended up learning the Torah, and bringing the new light of the Torah into the world. And Rabbi Yaisir he was great in Torah, but he couldn't be buried in that grave because he didn't go through the suffering. And I turned to the parents, to the cold tithes, and I said, there's no question in my mind that your son, Elazer, he was to a painful, painful connection to the grave. And therefore, he is now in the Gemara together with Rabbi Luzer. He was named a because he is truly like Rabbi Luzer. He was chosen. He was a tzaddik. I went through the list of the 45 Niftarim. And I saw that there were two or three Alazars and two or three ribshimins I don't know who they are. I can only tell you about one Alazar. There's one Alazar who he has a deep connection, he suffered terrible suffering. Terrible suffering. But you know what? HaKadosh Baruch Hu decided to take this tzaddik and he should be a kapor for me and for you and for everybody else. And it's to get us to be ma'orer. HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't do these things. HaKadosh Baruch Hu had a cheshman. We need it. We need to make a tikkun. What's the tikkun every single person has to make? And we can't know. We're not in the VM. But at least one thing we should be better in, one aspect maybe of 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 of, of trying to keep Shabbos better, of trying to to, to not speak lashon hara better. Definitely covered zelazeh. That's something we all recognize we have to do. I don't know. I just say you know simple things. For me, I just a kabbalah I took upon myself, and I have to be honest with you, I've done it, and I hope to continue it. I want to try to do a till Ten prakim of tilla day. 10 Brochim of Tillam a day. Besides Davening, say 10 prakim of Tillam. Till Shavuahs. That's all. Two weeks. Less than two weeks. Say Tillam for who? For the people that need. Rufuahs, still people that are many people that are sick from this event. For Klau Yisrael. Because Brock was talking to us big time. (laughs) We don't got to be a big, uh, you don't got to be a genius to figure out. We went through Corona. We had so many and so many losses. We had such difficulties. Now we're getting out of Corona. You know, some people can travel to Eretz Yashon. They have children here. There's simchas coming up. And the Rabbi Hashim, all of a sudden, on, the, on such a happy day, said, you know what? It doesn't make sense. And it's not because of safety features. It's because the Kodesh decided there's something that has to happen in the world that's going to make a change. And I don't know how that change is going to be made. But there are 45 tzaddikim who were taken up to the heavens in one, one, one moment, so to speak. And they're all connected to the kever of Reb Shimon and Reb Lazar. They all had tsar. And they're nichnas into Gan Eden. Those guys are nichnas into Gan Eden. But are we going to be nichnas into Gan Eden? Can we go into Gan Eden? Are we going to go into Gan now? Because the bernambu said, you know what? I, I, You know, you got a job. And this I'm going to tell you this story, which I said over in Erev Shabbos in Dorot But I have to tell you, this is what I told a few people who called me. A few people called me, Chashma people. And they said, we can't learn. We can't dive in. Our heads are just like bonkers. And the truth is, I know some people, this is a tra- trauma. And the trauma is not an easy thing to go away. Not an easy thing to take away because trauma is a real thing. And if you're having those thoughts and you need to get some help, you should get some help get some help with it don't let it just sit but even if you don't have dramatic traumatic effect, events which are going on inside of you or effects but you should have some trauma because we're all feeling people and i said over that i saw an Arab shabbos and, it was in Mina Shumayim, and i told this to a few people that in the mir yeshiva in shanghai there were talmidim there that went through the holocaust by not being in the Holocaust, but their families were removed from them. Rebavid Kronglis, the Mashkirch of, of, of Baltimore, he lost every member of his family. And the only way that he felt, he writes in Akdamit HaSefer, that he could somehow continue was if he would be in an area which he had never learned before. So he put himself into learning Zerayim and he wrote the mag- magnificent work called Divri David. And some people could do that, not everyone can do that. But there were two Talmidim, the Mir Yeshiva, they also felt, in shanghai that they just they were lost their families were destroyed what am i doing how can i continue and they wanted to go to the mashiach repchatzko to get some chizuk so they went to the mashiach repchatzko before they got there they heard repchatzko talking who is he talking to he's talking to the rabbi they hear him saying like this this is repchatzko levinstein the mashiach of the mir in shanghai he says rabbi nishalevim and he lists a list of names. He says, "You took away Reb Daniel. He was the Meshkirch al Pikidas Hashem. He was killed by the Nazis. He died al Pikidas Hashem. And you took away Yankel. And you took away Meir, And you took away all of my friends. They were on a level. They were Zeichut to Hashem. And I, I'm asking you, Reb Hashem, I'm any less than them. I can't be Zeichut to Hashem. And 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 me, you didn't take away al Hashem. Why didn't you take me away?" Was I less than a drag of years from mine that I can't be to their to their level? The answer is it must be that I have a purpose. I have a tafkid. I have a job to do, and you want me to fulfill that job, that tafkid. I'm asking you, please help me. I'm davening to you, Rabbanisham, help me. I should be able to fulfill my tafkid, my job. And I think, and I told this over to a few people. The two Talmud and the mission didn't walk into the mashgiach. They already heard the answer. Rebbeinu decides. Who's going to be taking up the Kiddush Hashem? And who is going to remain? And whoever remains, their job is to fulfill their purpose. Every single one of us has a Tavkit. Some people it's to be rabbis. Some people it's to be doctors. Some people to be businessmen. Some people to be good fathers and good parents and good friends. Every single one of us has a Tavkit. And we have to be mamalad the Tavkit. That's why the didn't take us away. He took these other tzaddikim away. For us, as a sign, hey, are you fulfilling your tafkid? And that's what we have to have to ask ourselves at the end of the day. Lag Ba'omer, Tufshin Pe'alev, twenty twenty-one. A Lag a fire like we've never ever experienced before, a different kind of fire. You know, it's interesting. The Gemara in 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 in, in, in the Dafayami, it speaks about the ash that was in the in the in the mizbeach. The ash that was in the in the Beit Hamikdash, there's a certain fire that's like a clear fire. Rabbi I said this was a this was a fire of the Shechina. This was not a regular fire. These people went up, they went up like Eliyahu Navi, they went up like an ash no question about it, and they went straight up to the Kisei Hakavod. We're left here, and we have to be machazik, whoever we can be machazik, be mechazik a family. Whatever we can do. You know, I'm not here to make a pitch for this and for that. I'm here. Everyone has got to make a decision what you can do, whatever we can do. And we want to give, we have to give thanks to the Abundashim. Abundashim, you know what? If I'm whole, if I'm my family's whole, I know I had two grandchildren there, and they walked out without a scratch. There was a father I just read this morning, Rabbi Zain. A father, he went with five children. <clears throat> five children. Came home with three. <clears throat> Came home with three, two children didn't make it. Another boy, a neighbor of my of my son dovebear he was underneath the pile. He was 15 years old. He was underneath the pile of people. He walked away without a scratch. The Rebbeinu Shem watched over him. Why him? The bonus had the chesed. Bonus Shem had the chesed. So we who who are here, we have to realize it's not just Yushalayim, This was Tinek. This was Muncie. This was London. This was Cleveland. This was Yerushalayim. This was Ben Brak. This was Tzvas. Every single one of us. We're all Ki'ish Echad, the Echad. And we have to feel the pain. We have to recognize that Kaddish Baruch was the one that did it. HaKadosh Baruch was the one that rules the world. We have to turn and we have to say, what can I do to make myself a little bit better, my family a little bit better, Take upon yourself something that works for those, those Shavuos. Maybe you can continue it afterwards. The Rubanashim should give us all kaichas. We should be able to find within ourselves through this tsura, because it's a tzara, and we have to cry. It's not this is a time of us. This is not a simple time just to let things go by. You have to feel pain. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta cry. I'm crying. I'm crying. When I was talking to this, this person last night, I said, this person said to me, a very chashmi younger man. He said to me, Rebbe, I can't think why, because I remember now when my brother, my 21 year old brother, died suddenly. And my parents, the hole in their heart that they have until today because of the loss of that child is beyond description. And only someone that loses a child can really understand it or loses a brother. So we can only try to have as best as we can an affinity to feel the tsar of our brothers, and to say to Rebbeinu please give Nechama, please give Nechama to them, and to give Nechama to Klai Yisrael, there should be simchas, there should be joy, we should be able to see Mashiach Tzidkenu. I want to give a brachah to everybody, I want to thank everybody giving this opportunity, I felt very, very much, I didn't want to push this off to the end of the week, and then Josh told me he's flying there at Saul, so it really worked out, so now's the time, in the middle of the shiva, in the middle of the, of the crying, we should feel the pain, and at the same time, we should try to understand what we can hold on to, the amuna we should hold on to, to move forward and be able to come a little bit better than we were before as an individual, as a tzibor. And together, the kayoch the tzibor. I'll just end off with one thing. The yeshiva has, has had a campaign. It's not a pitch for the campaign. She has had a campaign. I want to thank anyone that that joined in. And I have to tell you that my son just called me and said that we had a, Baruch Hashem, a few hours left, and the yeshiva has raised over 550,000 shekel, which is a very, very wonderful sum. and we didn't think we would get this far, and we saw, in the midst of everything, when people, when we stick together, when we do it together, the rabbeim, talmidim, all of us together, and I want to thank everybody, we all do things together, rabbi said, think about what we can do to make ourselves better as a group, as friends, and the Rav should look upon us and say, Ah, mikamcha kamcha Yisrael geyech They got the message. They're moving forward. Wishing everyone, Hatzlacha, Rabbah. We should only know from Simchas, not sorrows. And the, the Rav he's the one that can comfort all of the avelim. Amokam eskulam from the Wishing everyone a good day. Only brachas and Yeshuas. There should be refuos for God's call a Yisrael. Thank you for listening to this foundation's podcast production. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment. Thank you and have a wonderful day.